Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back. FixTheNation.com. Back to you one more time. This is John Jensen. Um, again, making the 100 hard day push to election. So we're down today, what is it, 94, 95, something like that. Clock is ticking. The calendar is ticking. Crossing those days off one at a time. We are down to a two-horse race. The binary decision. Do you want Clinton? Do you want Trump? It is that simple. Yes, there are two other options in Johnson and Stein, but they are not viable. They are not real. They are a an opposition vote, if you want to call it that, more than it is a true, real solution for where America is and deciding the fate of the country. Do I overstate that? No, I don't. I really don't. Um, and if you've listened to me ever before, you understand I'm not just out to bash um, that that's not what Fix Nation is about. I created this beast about five years ago in hopes of bringing solutions and ideas to to the front burner. Um, it needs to have thought. It needs to have um, logic. It needs to be real and applicable. And, and okay, what's the word? Doable, maybe? Is, is that the word? Because one of the things that, that gets lost in the very, very low-oxygen environment at the tip of the iceberg, the top of the ivory tower, where politicians tend to float around, is they kind of lose touch with where you and I are. We're real. We're people. We have the wives, the husbands. We have the kids, the mortgage, the, the, the cars, the jobs. We have the stress of normal day life. What they decide affects us. It ripples in our pond. It hurts us or helps us. For the most part, the millionaires and billionaires that play up in that low oxygen air, way up there in that ivory tower, do not get affected by what they decide. That's one of the most disgusting things I think about politicians. Usually, it doesn't affect them. Do they truly make decisions for the greater good? You can answer that question. Some people would say, yay, they're there for the best interest. They just can't get it done. Some people would say, no, they go there because they want power and money. Pick one or a variation thereof. Some people go there, get disillusioned, and then cross over into the power and money camp. I don't know. I don't have that answer. But I will say the reason that Fixination exists, and again, I'm John Jensen. Fixination.com is, is where you can find me. That's at Fixination on a Twitter feed. You can go to Fixination.com, the website. You can read any of the books I've written, which are available on Amazon. Do paperback, do e-reader, whatever your version is for Fixination.com. One grand bargain, that's the solution to the fiscal crisis. Why go conservative, which basically restates a lot of the conservative platform in a way that people can understand, oh, that's why this makes sense. Because a lot of people, when they hear the conservative message, oh, wow, well, I'm not an extremist. Well, by the way, neither am I. But that's all in the messaging, right? And you'll kind of come, you know, come to terms with that. I'm also a very, I'll call it a pragma- pragmatist. And today we're going to talk about tax reform. Now, before you go, oh, geez, I've got an accountant for that. Or, oh, geez, I hate that time of year. But it affects you. Every single one of us pay or don't pay taxes based on the laws and regulations that those politicians way up there decide to do. When they raise our taxes, lower our taxes, it helps hurts our world. When they do things like regulations 
that cause things to be more expensive, it ripples back into our world. The more they constrain, it hurts. The more they allow, it frees us up to go make our money and hopefully enjoy the freedoms and liberties of our life in whatever way each and every one of us choose to make that up, right? Okay, so tax reform. Why is it important? Okay, one, right now we're one, almost one of the highest in the world in some of the taxes we pay at a corporate level. Why is that important? Taxes kill jobs. Taxes kill companies. Taxes force companies to go overseas. Now, unless you can find a way to go from where you live and beam me up, Scotty, okay, into a different country to make it on time, that's one hell of a commute going country to country. Good luck. That being said, we need to revise the tax code. But again, when people think tax reform, they think, oh, you just want to give businesses a break. Nope, that's not what I mean. Tax reform takes on a big slice of the pie. So let's get some just simple things out of the way. You know what makes up over 80% of the revenue for the federal government? Personal income taxes and payroll taxes. And what you think about that, that's the revenue stream. Less than 10%, around 8 is where the corporate run rate is for corporate taxes. There's some excise taxes in there. You know, there are some other taxes in there. Very, very minuscule things. These are 1% and 2% little other things. But for the bulk of it, income taxes and payroll taxes. Well, ask yourself a simple question. Who pays those taxes? Well, income taxes, hello, that's us. That's right on your back, you and your families. Payroll taxes, that's half on you. That comes comes out of the paycheck before you even get it. Right? And the other portion of that payroll tax is paid by the company you work for. So no matter what, it's less money you get. It's also constraint on business. So how are you going to fix this? Two ways to do it. If you want to fix tax revenue, you either raise taxes to get more money in theory, which hurts business, which makes them hire less, which hurts payroll taxes, which hurts income taxes, which hurts corporate taxes. So you're going to take 8% and make it 10%, but take the 40% twice and knock it down. It's a net loss. It's a statement of fact in the history of history. If you want to raise more money at the government level, you know what you do? You lower taxes. It excites the economy. Corporate hires more. Payroll taxes go up. Income taxes go up. And everybody wins. It's not complicated, folks. It really isn't. Here's the problem. You're dealing with a beast in Washington where the rules don't apply. They have different health insurance than we do. The rules don't apply to them. I didn't say Republican, and I didn't say Democrat. I said them. Collectively, them. They don't distinguish themselves very well in representing us and holding to each side of their aisles in a way that's distinguishable. Yeah, they pick fights with each other. When's the last time you saw a Republican reduce the size of government? That you want to grow it less fast than your competitor is, does not make you a small government person. 
that you want to not vote for something does not necessarily mean you're there for me or that you're completely against what you're not voting for. It just means they haven't greased you yet, right? So I'm going to kind of get off that and get into the meat and potatoes of what tax reform is. At the end of this, I'm going to toss out an idea. Do you remember back in 1994, we had that contract for America, right? Newt Gingrich, that kind of stuff. You know, House walked in. Here's what we're going to do. These are our eight things. We're going to – remember that? Okay. I liked that premise because I'm a big solution guy. I'm also a big issue guy, and I'm also a believer that whoever my candidate is, I want that candidate to stand in front of me, talk about the issues, frame their solution, and then explain to me why that's important to me and why what they want to do to fix it is the right way for me. And not me, me, me. Me, all of us. We all deserve that, don't we? Aren't you just sick and tired of the smoke and mirror, personal attack, negativity, not talk about the issues, same crap, different day? Aren't you just frustrated by that? I got a tip for you. If you are, you're not alone. I want you to think about this. This is the year in 2016 for change. Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump made huge, huge noise this year based on that. And if the establishment wasn't listening, shame on them. And that's both Democrat and GOP. You better understand this is, in fact, the year of change. If you want more of the same, you're going to fail. This is not that year. The voter is excited. I mean excited in a whoopee sense. I mean excited in a, okay, enough already. Let's get this done. Let's try something new. And I want you to understand, that's not a small feat. We are, in fact, think about your world, creatures of habit. When you drive to work each day, you know what you do? You take the same path. When you drop the kids off at school, you know what you do? You take the same path. You drive a route, Right? It's what you do. When you come home from work, you take the same route. might be a different, work, different route than on the way home, but you drive the same way. Very, very odd. You try a different route every single day. That's not how we're built. We're creatures of habit. When you sit down at the dining room table, i got a tip for you. Do you pick a random chair, or does Dad have his seat, Mom has her seat, and the two little kids have their seats? You always sit in the same spots, right? Not th- I'm not watching you through your window. I'm telling you this is human nature, right? That's just how we are. When you fill up with gasoline, you go to any station around, you go to your normal station close to work, close to home. This is not a stretch. Do you change banks all the time? You always keep in the same bank because that's what you've always done, right? You have a food store. You always shop at for certain things. But, but paper, you get a different place, right? This is not crazy land. This is normal human behavior. We're creatures of habit which makes this year in politics so amazingly different. We are out for change. And if you can't understand that, you don't understand the American voter in 2016. So going back to the candidates, you have two. You have Clinton and Trump. And if you're talking about Clinton, you are talking about a 35-year veteran, been there, done that politician that is 100% defined by her policies as being completely unchangeable. 
She is, in fact, the status quo. She is, in fact, big government. She is, in fact, higher taxes. That is exactly what she believes in. She believes that she and the federal government know more about you and what's better for you than what you do. They don't trust you. She needs to make decisions for you because you aren't capable. She wants your money so then she can decide where to spend it in your best interest. I want you to think about the audacity of someone who thinks that way. The whole premise of big government. You think you know what's better for me than I do? Get away from me. And get your hand out of my pocket while you're at it. Makes no sense. Donald Trump, on the other hand, as awkward as he is, as bombastic as he is, because, again, I am not a Trump-trained person, he at least is the breath of fresh air. He absolutely is the voice of change. He absolutely wants to shake things up in Washington and try a different path. He is a businessman. He's used just to cutting through the crap and getting it done. Because I do a tip for you. If you want to do business in New York, and I do, make bank on this. You better find a way to get things done, and you'll be out of a job, out of work. Your business will close. You can't just not do things. You've got to find a way to make it happen. And why do I frame it that way and then talk about tax reform? Because tax reform is one of the quintessential things we can do to absolutely accelerate this economy and make bank on this, folks. We are $19 trillion in national debt. We have $4 trillion in debt at the Fed. That $23 trillion right there is a burden, about $75,000 a year, based on everybody who's in this population. Each one of us gets a $75,000 check to go pay. If you're a millennial, you should be sad right now about the future state of America, and you better hope we change this radically so you can go have a life soon. Accelerate the economy to get the job and get you out of your parents' house. Accelerate the economy to get you a real job that you're looking for that you can use that degree in, okay? And go do what? Whatever you hope to do. Then go buy a home if you choose. Go have a family if you choose. Or not. But at least you get to make that decision, opposed to the government deciding when they will decide to give you a government job and what they'll allow you to go do and what kind of stipend they're willing to give you. That's not a dream. That's not a hope. That's not America. That's not capitalism. Ultimately, incredibly self-defeating. So one of the things we need to do, and Kevin Brady, who's the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, he and the committee wrote a wonderful, wonderfully written tax reform package. You can go to A Better Way, okay, and go read through his version, okay, which I support. I'm going to say 90% of it. What I'm going to talk about is not only what he would do, but good to walk you through some things, I would add on to that and why. Okay? One, simplify. He wants us to do our, our personal income taxes literally on the size of a postcard. Very simple, simple math. You know, remember the 1040 easy forms? It's a little like that, but it's for everybody. Okay? So I kind of like the premise. And I think if I remember right, I don't have it in front of me, but I think his rates come down to like 12%, 24%. And 35%, something like that, as you tier up. So the lower income, middle income, higher income. Okay. And all this deduction crap starts to get washed away. The two main things he wants to keep are 
child uh, the tax credits for kids and charitable, which makes total sense. So if you do this, most people's taxes come down, and the rich pay a little bit more in a real rate, but it kind of gets shoved around at a, at a lower, high, higher amount, lower rate, better overall, if that makes sense. Here are the tweaks and changes I would make in why. Repatriation. What that means is there's $2 trillion of profits in our corporations offshore, not in the U.S. Because we have a non-territorial, anything outside the U.S. isn't taxed policy, which needs to be reformed, by the way. We need to get that money back in this country because $2 trillion is a hell of a lot of money that they can invest in capital expenditures, structures, and hire people here, build factories if they choose to. But because offshore, they can't even bring it into the U.S. It's trapped literally offshore. Bring it in, give them a one-time rate of 15%, and take that money and earmark it directly into the Small Business Administration. Fund it right in there. To do what? Accelerate new job, new business creation. Okay? I would target half that, by the way, toward the inner city of mainstream America, okay, meaning you know, large city, inner cities, minorities, to target poverty specifically. If you can get them to create jobs and create businesses in the inner city, you're going to take a lot of pressure off what I will call the, the, the lower-income, middle-income America of the inner cities. Estate tax, mandated 10% um, and put that right toward the national debt reduction for anybody over a million dollars. So if your estate is under a million, you don't get taxed on that. But over a million, 10% one-time hit when you pass away goes right toward reducing the national debt. Capital gains tax, considered just as income and taxes such, you know, Small business. Small businesses, if you have less than 25 full-time employees, if you're a corporate U.S. manufacturing company, any size, or corporate U.S. service company of, over, of less than 50 employees, 18% would be your rate. But I'll give you an extra reduction of 1% if you have a CapEx, capital expenditures, in, uh, business investment, more than, uh, more than what your prior three-year average was. If your marketing expense is more than the prior three-year average, and if your health care provided and pension 401k is more than 100% funded. The reason I give you incentivized to get an 18 down to 15 for those three things is those three things take care of workers, spends money on infrastructure from the, from the private sector, and spends marketing money to build sales and revenue, which generates more profits. It creates the demand. What if you're a corporate service of over 50 full-time employees? I'd start at 25%. Again, that's lower than it is now. But I'll give you a 2% reduction for each of the following. If your U.S. headquarter is, is – if your, your headquarter is based in the U.S., okay, and that's defined by your main office and most of your full-time employees are here in the U.S., if more of your net U.S. full-time employees this year is greater – than prior three years. I mean, if you haven't laid people off, you get rewarded for that. So as you grow your business, you get rewarded. CapEx more than the prior three-year average, same thing as before. Marketing expense more, more than the three-year average. And the health care and pension, again, is more than 80% funded. Okay? You get rewarded for things like this. Because right now, they're not funding their pensions in 401ks, and that puts a burden on the system moving forward. That's part of the systemic risk we talk about. And by the way, when the pensions are funded, you know who's 
pays that by default in, in a bankruptcy, right? Yeah, the federal government, you and I. We pay for somebody else's pension because they couldn't pay it in full. That makes no sense to me. The personal, like I said, take the Brady plan, you know, the, uh, the, what the committee wrote. But I tweaked the percentage to 11.22.33. Immigration tax, all non-citizens should pay a 5% to offset the cost of what they do until they become citizens. Because there's a burden that we have to carry on immigration, you and I, to fund their transition. I just think they should pay toward that. Social Security payroll, I would uncap it. Right now it's capped out at $118,000, okay? I'd uncap it. The rich can pay into that, but that also goes in toward my entitlement reform package, so, you know, more on that later. The alternative minimum tax, just, just, just throw it out. Eliminate completely. I would redefine what charity, not-profit, and foundations are, because right now they're just tax havens. How does the Clinton Foundation use 3% of the billions they raise toward a charity and still keep any kind of a title there a foundation? That's embarrassing. That's borderline money laundering. That's tax evasion as far as I'm concerned. But it's legal, so can't fault them for it yet. Territorial, again, I'd redefine that. I would un- unleash our borders. Okay, Let's tax at a lower rate, but t- tax worldwide and get us competitive on the US mar- in the global market. Value-added tax or a border tax, these are currently there, but they need to be enforced. And all that does is protect us from people dumping things in our country. That's always been true in any trade agreement. We just don't enforce it. And by the way, that's Trump plan, and that's absolutely, that's absolutely completely true. And a mandated 10% value-added tax on energy exports. Think about this. If you want to export oil, and they just started doing that in the last two years, you're taking energy from this country – from our soil, and shipping it abroad for private gain, right? Here's the problem. Since we have less oil here in this country, what's the price of oil going to do eventually in this country as we start to outsource it? Right. The price of oil here will go up because we have lower supply. All I want to say is, you know what? I'm going to slow that rate down by putting a 10% value-added tax on exports so other countries can help fund us paying down our national debt while we protect the supply of oil here to keep our costs lower. That's part of America first, right? Now, those are the tweaks I would make, but I would strongly encourage, go read A Better Way, which is the Kevin Brady, um, Chairman of the House uh, Ways and Means Committee, and the committee's final result. It's about 35 pages. It's an easy read. It is not complicated. It's it's written for me and you. It's not written for a lawyer. Okay? Now, I kind of sped through that. Why is that important in a tax reform way? Tax reform allows all of us to take more of our money, discretionary, and apply it in any way we choose. Go pay down your credit card, super. Go get a better house, super. Go buy that new sofa you're looking for, put that pool in, okay, do some landscaping, buy some new clothes, finally get the new car that, you know, and not start repairing that old piece of crap, right? All those things that, that happen in our life, you just need a little bit more money to go make it happen. Take a vacation even. You know what happens, though? We just gave more money to the private sector to go spend on a local, state, or national level in ways that we can't even fathom to go and accelerate the economy. People spending money happily on their own goes a lot further than when the government decides to just dole it out. Statement of fact. What tax reform also does in this way allows corporates to compete. 
So people, corporations wouldn't leave the U.S. and go abroad. They'd stay here and keep hiring. They'd come back here and hire again. It would be in their best interest. We'd have the best tax policy corporate-wise in the world. Other people would leave their countries and come here because we are the land of opportunity. We're the number one consumer on the planet. So you want to come here, build here, do business here, and make money here. That's what other countries would immediately, other companies would immediately come to understand. We're safest, more productive, and we're the number one consumer on the planet. That's worth something. But we have to give these people a reason to come back and to start thinking about us first again. Okay, I'm going to segue a little bit, big word, into what I call a contract for America in 2016. Remember back, and again, if you're a millennial, you probably don't even recognize this word. Contract for America was back in 1994. Newt Gingrich, who you see on TV a lot lately, and Congress, when they ran, ran on a platform. Here are eight things we're going to do. This is our contract. In our first 100 days, we're going to blah, 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 these eight things. I loved the premise of it. The reason is it's clarity. Any politician on a local sense can stand in front of whoever the audience is, say what you want to hear, okay, and get your vote and move on. As soon as he or she gets in office, what do they do? They forget about you. This contract for America was more of a, here's our promise to you. In writing, this is what we're doing. And they got it done, by the way, which was refreshing. I think we should do that again. I think Trump and the Republicans absolutely should piece something together. That's a little like that. And I've got one. So I'm going to read it to you real quick. Probably going to discuss it tomorrow. I'll be back on the air tomorrow, 10 a.m. again. Um, Same bat time, same bat channel. Um, 10 a.m. Eastern, fixnation.com. Right here on either Blog Talk, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever you choose to listen to. Um, You can share that link out. I'll post it in uh, just a couple of minutes. And talk about the contract for America for 2016 in greater detail. But here's my version. It has 12 points. It's not a baker's dozen. It's actually a real dozen. Okay? See, a dozen, a dozen reasons to vote Republican in this election. That's kind of the platform I would, I would frame out. One, require all laws passed to be pay-as-you-go and have a true path to pay for within the uh, budget. When you hear things called pay-go, that used to be way things used to always work. If you want to have a bill that's going to cost you $200 billion, you need to tell people, how are you going to pay for it? You can't just randomly pass something to burden the taxpayer and say, oh, that's right, we'll just go over budget. That's how you end up in $19 trillion in debt because leaders don't lead completely. They do a poor job, and they don't money manage because it's not their money. It's ours. Really easy to spend other people's money. Very difficult to say no and say, this is where I'm going to get the money from. Two, require a vote to repeal and replace ACA, that's Obamacare, in the first 100 days. Three, require all laws that apply to the rest of the countries also apply to Congress, including ACA or the replacement of, and eliminate exemptions and exceptions by certain private groups. We're all playing by the same rules, right? Require a vote on tax reform within the first 100 days. Require a vote on immigration reform within the first 100 days. Pass a balanced budget on time in year one and start the process for a balanced budget amendment. Seven, require an internal audit of the Federal Reserve and clarify the dual mandate role. Eight, require a vote on Supreme Court nominee within the first 100 days. 
Nine, require a review and repeal process as established to eliminate burdensome regulations. Ten, require a vote on term limits for both Senate and House representative candidates. Eleven, require a vote to repeal and replace Dodd-Frank, include a reestablishment of Glass-Steagall, which is the separation of the investment and saving portions of banks. Require a vote to consolidate cabinet departments from 16 down to 8 in the first 100 days. Now, see, that's a pro well-thought-out, disciplined 12 plan. That's where we're going. This is what we want to do. This is our focus. This is where we want to take America and beat that drum. Because everything on that list is good for America. Everything on that list needs to get addressed. It's very tough to compete with logic that's well messaged. I'll explain that in further detail on why those 12 things are critical and beneficial for America and why you should vote for it. So if you're an independent or millennial, I hope you turn in. Tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Okay. If you want, please do share this with somebody. Again, it's fixnation.com. Okay, you can reach me here. Reach me on the website, at fixnation is the Twitter feed. Reach me there. There is a poll online with this contract for America. So feel free to go to at fixnation, read the contract, and vote accordingly. Okay, you can love it, like it, dislike it, or hate it. I'm really curious what your take is on it. So please feel free to go vote, all right? Be well. Have a great day. God bless. Talk tomorrow.